0: Welcome to Heating Up
1: podcast about climate change,
0: our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. I'm Derek. I'm Corinne. And yeah, this is our podcast
1: episode twenty. Corinne, is this the threshold? No, or?
0: twenty-five is supposed to be. We'll, we'll count it. It's eight. It's a threshold. It's a twenty. Threshold.
1: It's an even yeah. number. It's a good one. Yeah.
0: And it's a special one because it's Bug Out Bag Day. Woo
1: wee! yeah. It's like the sexiest episode. Getting
0: into real prepper shit today. This is
1: some. This could go down some real crazy rabbit holes
0: yeah but first uh we should do what we're supposed to do at the top of the thing and you plug ourselves yeah like us like us subscribe, subscribe follow write a, review, write a review all those things writing the reviews really does help people find us on itunes and come such. on uncle
1: david i'm gonna mention you directly write a review get write on your phone review. and yeah. do it
0: he did give me his review he said he liked our podcast but didn't like it uh, hear corinne swearing right so.
1: i am 31 years <laughs> old um
0: you'll always be six in uncle david's mind Ah, uh,
1: that's so. all right and also he said that he liked the episodes where we went on the street yeah that was his other did.
0: review so we got to do that more
1: okay so write it down in an actual review uncle yeah. dave and we mentioned you so i feel like you should feel called out yeah and honored app.
0: anyways but everyone else can do that as well yeah uh yeah heating up podcast on twitter or on facebook or our non-existent instagram listen i'm having some
1: trouble with the instagram i'm not gonna (laughs) lie to you there's an issue with the passwords
0: anyways uh how have you been corinne
1: I've uh, been alright. Got a little cold. Went to, we did pine needle burn yesterday.
0: Yeah, we our family owns a little cabin up in the woods, so no we had exaggeration. There. Yeah. Little cabin up. So in we the had to woods. go up there and clear defensible space for fires, mm-hmm. and which essentially burn, means raking and burning pine needles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of smoke inhalation. Lots of uh,
1: feel like stronger than ever. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. Um, no
0: Game of Thrones tonight. It's over. It's done. Nothing for. to discuss. Yeah. We're going to have to find some new shows to watch. Chernobyl. I've Chernobyl. been watching
1: that, but you kind of know how that goes. Yeah. It's a disaster. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. Russians, you know.
0: Oh, no good. Did you hear about the disaster relief bill? I know we've talked about it a couple of times, so they weren't passing it, and they were trying to get it passed, and people weren't going to pass it, and all this stuff. Did you hear about the latest news? No, I have not. So it went before the House. They finally hashed out a deal. Everyone thought it was going to happen. And two days ago, they went before the House. They started voting on it, and a single Republican, this guy... Uh, what's this jerk's name house republican chip roy well wow, that sounds right uh it was the only person who was able to didn't vote for it, who, like essentially swamped it so a 19 billion dollar package to, for disaster relief for he, people hit by wildfires flooding and hurricanes was held up by this one guy
1: what's the reason that they don't want to pass it
0: well he didn't want to pass it because he thought that the procedure in which they were voting when not everyone was present was too swampy was his term what for does it. that mean uh too much like in the swamp, like in the murk and my, too politic-y. uh
1: In politics?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, basically, okay. it means he doesn't like brown people because he didn't want. The, I think it's part. He's part of the Freedom Caucus. I don't think he oh, likes Jesus. voting for giving aid to Puerto Rico because that finally got put into it and like it got all squared away. And so he's like, "No, we're not gonna. We're gonna hold this whole thing up. So millions of people won't get aid.
1: I hope his house catches fire
0: because it's too swampy. Yeah. That was earlier this week, but this is not a news show, Corinne, So that's like basically it.
1: That's great. Although news. I also
0: have a story about. Uh, I saw this, and I was going to point this out to you. I don't know if you saw that. There's a couple of start- articles this past week about how snakes are move- migrating. They're way north of where their normal habitats are, and it's m- increasing the number of venomous snake bites. Interesting. Like snakes apparently don't live very far north, like in northern Canada or Alaska or whatever. But based on current migration patterns, they'll be there by the end of the century. Hmm. Um, but it's pushing like venomous snakes north out of, you know, places where they live and causing more human snake interaction. So,
1: well, yeah, you know,
0: I know how much we'll you how love the goes. snakes. Well,
1: yeah. you know, I don't appreciate the creatures that like are in, if they're in your like space that you can't just kind of like put a cup over them, slide a piece of paper under and throw it out the window. If you can't just do that number, I'm not that into it, you know? Like, it's not like a fear of it. It's more of like a, how I do deal I deal with, with this? Like, a mouse. What a, oh, God. You know, like, that's way too hard to deal with. Snake, even harder.
0: The snake will deal with the mouse. It's...
1: <laughs> that's what it is. You just increase it. Just yeah. like the lady who swallowed a fly. Exactly. Got how
0: it. I, that's how I learned all of life's lessons. <laughs> Throw another problem after it.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Eventually, you got a horse, though, so. Then you're dead.
0: <laughs> no problems
1: then you have a horse you can sell it for like thousands of dollars Yeah, exactly. perfect
0: uh enough about snake bites bug out bags bug out bags so this is going to be a two-parter we're going to do part one today and then next week we'll get part two of the bug out bag extravaganza extravaganza yeah. we should
1: have really had another b word we,
0: yeah blowout we'll a blowout bug out bag blowout i don't know no. something I'm, either I, way. that's
1: a throwback to brent's beer bacon beans blowout <laughs> remember that <laughs> anyway sorry very specific
0: yeah i don't know so the first 19 episodes of the show when we've done prepper stuff has been focused on preparing your home for emergencies and getting yourself ready for two weeks self-sustainability where you essentially stay in place and that
1: is the goal
0: yeah, and that's generally what you want to do, and that's still the best place to start. So if you haven't done that yet, if you're new to the Heating Up podcast, go back, listen to some of those other episodes, and get your home prepared. You should get your water, your food, all that stuff ready at home first. And the reason you want to start with your home stuff is because it's easier to be prepared at home. More you space. You have more space. You don't have to worry about things like weight. You can have tons of water already set up. You get to sleep in your own bed. You have all of the comforts of your house. You have all the tools and random junk in your garage you can utilize. You just have a better time surviving if you're able to stay at home. But we know that many, many disasters force you to leave your home. So the classic example are things like floods or fires or hurricanes where it's coming right towards you and you're not able to stay. There's a mandatory evacuation or you probably should evacuate even if it isn't mandatory. And when you're forced to leave, you generally don't have time to pack or space to pack up all of the things that you've prepped at home. You have to abandon them. You have to leave them and take something with you. And so that's what the bug out bag is. If that's a term you've never really understood before, bugging out is like prepper nomenclature for like intentionally leaving an area before things get bad. Right. So rather than fleeing in face of the fire, you see it coming and you bug out before you actually are, you know, facing the flames.
1: The bug out could also be while you're not at home to get you home, right? It could sure. be something you leave in your car.
0: Well, that's there are a ton of acronyms out there. So when we start talking about these bags, what we really are th- talking about, whatever term you use, it's a bag designed to carry all of the essentials in case you have to leave your home in an emergency that's not very, you know, succinct, but that's what it is because there are tons and tons of acronyms and you should disregard all of them. Some of the acronyms you'll hear are like an inch bag or a good bag. And inches, do you know you know what these are? Have you heard I
1: looked it up today. It's something about like I'm never coming home again, something yeah. like that. So
0: inch means I'm never coming home again. Good what, is what's g-
1: the actual term? What is it? I
0: I N C H I'm never coming home. I'm never coming home. Good, get out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. Um, A whoosh, wake up, shit's happening. Um, Wow. There's... (laughs) uh, Yeah, there are a couple of other ones. Your GHB, you mentioned a get-home bag, Mm -hmm. which is a bag designed to get you to your house, like it's in your car or whatever. There's so many of these acronyms out there. Ignore all of that noise. It's
1: a bag. It's not in your house.
0: What we're dealing with today is a bag that is kept at your home, which is designed for you to grab and leave quickly, and it should have all of the essentials that you need to survive. That's the idea. So we're going to use the term bug out bag. But yeah, don't worry about all of the different terms. You don't need to get into all this stuff. It's nonsense on the internet. Stay out of it. Stay out of it. So.
1: We went, looked through it so you don't have to.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the places that we got a lot of our information from, and generally, we, I think we've mentioned it a few times before. The Prepared. The Prepared.com. It's a really decent website. It doesn't have a lot of noise. It's really not easy. Not crazy. To, it's not crazy. It's rational preparedness. They have good guides. They have a lot of good advice and kind of realistic. uh, Yeah, very realistic. So I like a lot of their stuff. And they did, you know, kind of a basic how to build a bug out thing. They have a really interesting way of looking at the way you should pack your bags that I like, which I'm going to pass on. But basically, you should look at your bug out bag as your number one bag.
1: And you may have, well, the way they look at it basically is you you could possibly have multiple bags. Sure. And you would have a number one bag as being like... You have zero seconds. You are just need to grab something and leave immediately. Like there is a fire next door sort of thing. Grab that number one bag. And then there you could have a number two bag. You have maybe a couple of minutes and you can maybe grab a couple of things. You have time to throw some stuff in your car. So they basically go in in, a, in an order of most importance. So number one. First one you grab, second one you grab, third one you grab, and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, their bag system is based off of priority, not so much whichever hypothetical situation happens. Right. Because there's no point in prepping this bag for an Zombie earthquake. Apocalypse. This bag For Yeah, zombies, and this bag for a uh, fire. You're going to
1: need the same things no matter what. Exactly. Food, water. You know. Exactly. Exactly
0: so you're back that's what we're dealing with today and like we said it should be already prepped and ready to go because if you have to if you wake up in the middle of the night and there's an emergency beacon and you have to leave that's not the time to start gathering stuff be like let me get into the garage let me find that i know i have a
1: flashlight in here exactly
0: you don't have that kind of time you want it all prepped and ready to go which brings us back to our other note don't double dip With your your supplies, right? So if you have a flashlight in your bug out bag, leave it in your bug out bag. That's your bug out bag flashlight. If you start taking stuff out or taking stuff from your home supplies and putting them into your bug out bag, well, then you don't have it in your home supplies. Don't count it twice, right? Right. So that's a good one. And then the other thing is don't, especially as we start getting into details here, uh, the classic bit of advice, don't let the great be the enemy of the good, Right. It's always, there's always something you can upgrade. There's always something you can have better, but don't let that prevent you from getting anything. So when it comes to your bug out bag, you're going to be listing, we're going to be listing off the ideal makeup of items for a bag, but the best bag is one you actually have, right? So you're going to be a thousand times more prepared. If you take your daughter's old kindergarten backpack with Spider-Man on it, shove a first aid kit, some granola bars, a couple of bottles of water in there. Then you would be if all you have is a printerist that has a bunch of pictures of cool knives and a $500 boot on it, and you don't actually have anything prepared.
1: Or if you have a really nice bag with nothing in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So so we're going to talk first about what kind of bags you want, but start with what you have. To be honest with you, everybody's got a spare backpack somewhere. Use that at first and then upgrade Everyone's to a dropped bag.
1: out of community college once or twice, you right? know?
0: <laughs> I've still got my Jansport from high school. Yes, Like, use that bag, right? Like I said, use your kid's old backpack from school. It does not matter. Don't wait to get a great bag to start building your bug out bag. Start with what you have and upgrade over time. So everything we say today is just simply the best case recommendations, but start with what you have. Figure out what works and then upgrade. So those are kind of the caveats before we get into it. Anything else you want to say before we dive in? No, I'm ready. So let's get to it. Like we said before, imagine being woken up in the middle of the night by an emergency alert, being told that you have to leave immediately. That is not the time to go like try and track down your important paperwork, get your extra shoes on. You should just be able to have a bag, have everything you need in it. Part of having that bag is having that peace of mind, right? Like that's part of the importance is once you've got that bag set up and in your closet by the door, you don't have to worry about it because now fire happens. You know, you can just grab that bag and get out and you're good. So that peace of mind is a huge weight off your shoulders if you're worried about emergencies. And especially as the world gets more chaotic, having that little bit of insurance, such a great idea. It is a mobile bag, right? This is a bag designed for you to grab and go. And you don't necessarily know what the situation is, right? You may be able to load it into your car and drive away. You may have to leave on foot. The roads may be blocked up, so you may start in your car, but then have to leave your car at some point and then walk away. You might be on surface streets, you might be on trains, you might be hiking through the woods. You don't really know. That's the whole point. It's kind of for unknown situations, right? So the bag needs to be mobile. And that really means two things for our point of view. The first is that you really want it to be something that you can wear, a backpack, most likely, rather than a rolling bag. And you need it to be light. I don't know if you've ever been backpacking, Corinne.
1: Absolutely not.
0: But... (laughs) <laughs> Weight is a huge issue.
1: I did read the book Wild, though. Yeah. So I know it's important to have a light bag.
0: So you get a bag and you can bit like, you know, and a bug out bag is going to be heavy. Once you start getting, getting through this stuff, it's going to be typically 30 to 50 pounds of stuff. And so you put a 60, 70 pound bag on. And you can maybe wear that in the parking lot. And you're like, that's not so bad. You get a mile down the road (laughs) hauling 60, 60 pounds. All of a sudden, your back is strained. You are done. You can't carry it anymore. You physically can't go any further. Like, you really have to be conscious of both weight and ergonomics, right? So when picking out a bag, which is step one, pick out your bag, you really want to be conscious of how that weight's going to distribute and how much stuff you can have in it. I'm a fan of picking a bag that's slightly smaller than you think you need.
1: So you don't overpack?
0: So you don't overpack. Exactly right. Because everyone's been on a vacation where you get the big suitcase and somehow you manage to fill it. Right. Right? So you're going to fill the volume of space if you have a big bag. So get a bag that's maybe a little bit smaller than you'd like and you will thank me later because (laughs) you won't be hauling around 10 extra pounds of garbage. Maybe. So that and then the bag itself. So, some things to look for in the bag are good ergonomics. We live in a golden age of backpacks. Oh my <laughs> God. When I was a kid, you just had the one strap, like the, <laughs> that had the little zip zip on them, yep. and there was no padding. It was just this heavy, unsupported bag that would break your back. Now, there are so many good ergonomic backpacks that are designed to distribute the weight well with the cross straps and the hip pouch, you know, hip straps and stuff. So, you want a bag that's going to carry the weight. So yeah, having hip pads on it, having a chest pad on it, something that's going to make it carry very well is a good idea.
1: Do these hip pads really start carrying the weight from your hip, or is it just that it's like evening out the weight across your body?
0: They can do both. They steady it on your back, but they do also, if you've got it set right, right above your hip, it will take some of the weight off of your back.
1: Okay. Um, It just seemed always like, is it just a strap?
0: (laughs) Well, and that's another point. Go with someone who makes backpacks. Like if you were to go on Amazon and type out, you know, bug out bag, a billion tactical-looking bags will pop up. And by tactical, I mean these look like military bags. They have what's called molly strapping on the back. It's this, you know, like woven thing, loops that are designed to put little bags on. It looks very much like something the Army would have. And those are fine. But one of the things, again, the Prepared recommends, one of their most recommended bags is a Kelty backpacking backpack.
1: Comfortable. Yeah,
0: Kelty's been making Mm -hmm. backpacking bags for... I don't know, 50 years, you know, as long as I can remember, they've been making bags. And, you know, bags like that are designed for you to carry weight over long distances. They're going to be way more comfortable. They're going to have all the benefits that you want in a bag. So,
1: And they're probably not going to be humongous.
0: They're not going to be humongous. And you can tend to find used ones. I know REI does their summer garage sale, like every year where people trade, you know, used equipment and stuff. Thinking about bags like that, you know, rather than just going out and getting a super tactical looking bag. As far as size goes, the normal your normal person is going to want something between 30 to 60 liters. I recommend somewhere in like the 35 to 50 liter range. That's going to fit almost everything you need and not a lot of what you don't. And that's going to depend on how big you are, how strong you are. But yeah, you're going to have to get used to carrying your bag because it is going to be a decent chunk of weight. So if you're not used to wearing a bag around, you're going to have to practice a bit. Yeah, And like we said before, a backpack better than other bags. So if you have like a messenger bag... If that's all you got right now, great. But that's going to hurt your shoulder. Carrying the it. one shoulder. One shoulder carrying 50 pounds is going to be not great. Or a rolling suitcase. You'll be like, oh, I don't have to wear it on my back at all. That'll be fine if you're rolling until you down the sidewalk. The until, or until the wheel breaks. Or until you have to go in the dirt or the mud which or is, whatever.
1: Which is why I knew rolling backpacks were a bad idea in seventh grade. And I was like, not only do you look like a loser... Also, this is going to get mud all over it.
0: Sure. Try and avoid, if possible, the bags that have only one opening. So a lot of back hiking bags have like a single drawstring top opening and you have to fit everything into one pouch. That's convenient for if you're going on a long hike and you never really need to get into your stuff. But in this case, imagine if you're, you are know, you needed your first aid kit and in order to get it, you had to take everything out of your bag one and by shovel one, through your shovel crap. through, find the thing, then put it all back in there you want to have lots of easy access. So ideally you want a bag with multiple compartments or multiple access points to the compartments and a nice way to kind of organize on the inside. So lots of zippers, lots of pockets. Mm -hmm. Those are always good.
1: I think Marie Kahn would approve.
0: Yeah. Um, There are also people who swear by having those military-style bags, the tactical bags, and then there are people that swear off of them. They say that having something that looks so like military-like,
1: oh, we're getting into the crazy town area. Well, Here we go. We're Like, oh, if they see I've got a nice bag, they're gonna rob me. Exactly. I, right. I don't care about. There's this a whole school so of thought stupid.
0: that feels that way, and I agree with you. I say don't worry about that so much. Worry about getting a nice bag that actually is comfortable first, and then worry about whether it's you know, <sighs> look, it looks too pro. I guess.
1: I find myself in that scenario. I'm dead either way. So if <laughs> there's no point, there's right? like. Uh, well, I don't know. She's got a clearly used bag she got when she did this. They're going to kill me or uh, it doesn't matter. It's that, yeah. just a... Di- Why are we going down this? Do not pander to these weirdos. I'm just
0: saying that if you go looking for this information online, that's a big topic of stupid, discussion. Stupid topic. It is a stupid topic. Get don't worry about bag. it. Get a good bag. Get a good bag. Make sure it's got the hip support. Make sure it carries Take the Take a sharpie well. and
1: cover the brand if you're so concerned about exactly.
0: it. Exactly. I think people got bigger concerns at the time. But Probably whatever. escaping a fire. But it's this whole, what they call the gray man idea. So you might hear that term out there. Don't worry about it. Don't just get your bag ready. Those and are again. weirdos. Honestly, if you don't have a bag right now, if you don't have a really good backpack, don't go out and buy that. It shouldn't be your first purchase for your bug out bag. because the bag
1: was the first purchase. Well,
0: you should use a bag you have. Okay. Like you Have a bag. Have a bag first. Upgrade your bag to a better bag. But honestly, we're going to be going over some stuff that I guarantee you you don't have on hand. So if you have $50, bucks, do not go out and buy a backpack with it. Go buy some of this other more essential stuff because you already have a backpack. Everyone has some random bag somewhere. I guarantee it. Even if all you have right now is your suitcase, use that. Like, use what you got, man. All right. Um, Yeah, but on our recent trip to the swap meet, we got a bag that we're going to use for this purpose. And we purposefully got, like, a tactical-looking kind of cool bag to make into a bug-out bag. So we'll actually put some pictures up eventually of the bag once we get it all. Because we're going to actually build it into a bug-out bag, I think, is the plan, right? We're going to get all the supplies and build it into a bag
1: whose bag is that going to become
0: i don't know somebody's you maybe me maybe me <laughs> It's got all my stuff in it <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: all the cool stuff i bought all the stuff on
0: yeah we'll see well but... if we
1: get that cool hello fresh money then we'll give it yeah, out exactly we also got uh not a great bug out bag for mj it's a one strap well, we got was, her a
0: shoulder strap, yes. but it's for a kid, and the whole point is she's not able to carry fifty pounds. Period. Right. Right. So that her bag is going to have to be smaller, and this is something you her should, bag
1: is cool. <laughs> you should
0: probably think about is if you do have kids, you're going to have to carry supplies for them because they're not going to have to carry all of their supplies, right? So you should probably get them some bag, but realize that they're not going they're aren't going to be big enough. What are to you putting the
1: kids' go bag? Maybe snacks?
0: There's all sorts of interesting uh, guides for that, but we'll get into that as we get into the stuff that goes into your bag. Okay. We still haven't even gotten past the bag.
1: No, I know, but I was thinking, like, what does a kid even, what do you even want a kid to have?
0: Well, they're going to need a change of clothes. They're going to need food. They're going to need shelter. They're going to need all the things you need. So flashlights, everything that you need for yourself, they're going to need for them. I know,
1: but you're not going to give them very much stuff, so I was just thinking. You're
0: going to have to carry some of it.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. But what do you put in their bag?
0: Probably some food, some clothes. sunscreen, Sunscreen. Yeah, so anyways, bags, done. Next, just like for at-home emergencies, your first priority for your bug-out bag is water.
1: You're going to want to carry lots of it in your bag. Yeah. The whole thing should just be water, basically. Two bags, one for water.
0: One bag for water, (laughs) one bag for your stuff. No, that's the problem with water, right? Because water's really heavy. And if you've ever tried carrying a five-gallon jug of water any distance, you know it can get pretty annoying. So when we talk about water for a bug-out situation, it's really about a way to gather clean water quickly rather than actually store it ahead of time so when you're at home when we talked about water you want to have two weeks worth of water because it doesn't Much matter water in as you can. yeah you can have 100 gallons hanging out in your backyard and nobody nobody matters because you don't need to move it but when you're on the move you don't want to be carrying even more than two or three gallons of water because it's so heavy so you really need a way to filter water quickly and get it uncontaminated or find safe drinking sources we did an episode a while back about boiling or about cleaning water at home and really you've got two big methods boiling water and then using bleach right those are Delicious. the two, yeah, two easiest ways to do it at home or you know the the alkaline tabs or whatever but both of those take some time and they're not really convenient for keeping on the move either for being on the move yeah like imagine having to stop Build a fire, get it hot enough to boil water. Boiling a couple of gallons of water, waiting for that water to cool down, and then moving it into another container, and then leaving. No, you don't want to do that. You want to be able to grab and go. There are tons of different water filters out there. The one that was recommended on the prepared is actually something that Corinne got me for hey, Christmas. Hey. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about this one here. Uh, the one that we're going to use in our bug out bag is a VersaFlow inline water filter, and it's made by HydraBlue. Yes. So um, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. But what it is, is it's an inline filter. So what that means is you have a line that goes into your into your bad water. Then you attach the filter to it. And then a line that comes out of the filter. And the water essentially flows using gravity. From So the bad water flows through the filter, is filtered out, and then down into whatever container you're holding it in. So it's an inline. So it uses the force of gravity. You don't have to pump it. There are hand pump ones. There are a million different options for this The more stuff.
1: energy you have to use, the worse. <laughs>
0: yeah, so the gravity filters are probably better. The other nice thing about these inline waters is that the filter itself acts like a life straw, so if you desperately need to, you can just use the filter mm-hmm. to drink directly out of it. You don't need the life straw as well.
1: I was beginning to think if, for me, a life straw would be a better route, because there's a lot less... There's not very many pieces. It's pretty small, very light, and I know I have to cut... If I'm going to be carrying something, it's going to have to be really light.
0: Sure. Most of the people recommend you have multiple ways to filter water so an inline is probably best because it works as a life straw as well as you can, when you get enough water. The thing about just having a life straw sort of thing and there are, I, we say life straw because that's the brand there are multiple of the same sort of like essentially straws that you can use to filter water directly into your mouth. The problem with that is you can't really get enough water to store with something like that right Now life water does or yeah life straw does make uh, an algae bottle. That has an in, you know a filter in it, and so those are decent. There are a bunch of stuff like that. There's a million different versions of these things, so you know we're not trying to recommend one or the other. This one, the one that the Hydro Blue one is the one that the prepared recommended, or one. That, so that's where I, I put it on my Christmas list, and Corinne mm-hmm. got it for me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I have never actually used it. So we're going to actually use it here in the next week or two, test it out.
1: Well, isn't that a big thing? You're supposed to use everything at least once before you put it in your bag? (laughs) You should
0: know how to use your stuff. Well, yeah, that's just basic common sense. Um, so we're definitely going to test it out. But the idea behind it is the same. Um, they have the old school pump ones as well, which is I remember using in Boy Scouts, which is... That
1: you loved so much.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have, they're a lot better now, but essentially you just stick a hose into your bad water. You use this pump and it pumps it through the filter and then pumps it into your, you know, storage, into your Nalgene bottle or whatever. When it comes to water, that'll do a great job of clearing out most of the bacterial, sometimes viral stuff but it'll never really clear out all the chemicals or all the bad stuff. So it's often a good idea to have multiple forms of water filtration, water cleaning. So what we're gonna do as well is get some of those tablets. Uh, so, so yeah, this in this inline filter is from Hydro Blue. It's a basic bacterial filter. What's nice about it is it only costs about 25 bucks, brand new, it works via gravity like we said, and it'll filter about one gallon every five minutes and the filter will last about 100,000 gallons is what they say. So. And, of course, that won't kill viruses, uh, so what you, re- so what we're going to do is get a secondary filter as well. So, for that, I'm going to get some purification tablets, which you can drop into the already filtered water. Between the two of them, I'll have pretty so clean water. It. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're going to want to collect water from good sources, but if you don't know where your sources is, or the all you got is a bad source, you want to have a way to filter it. So, between the inline, which does not weigh very much at all, and some tabs, which weigh next to nothing water filtration set for our bug out bag sweet yeah and again you want to have multiple ways to filter water i've seen so many bug out bags where they have 15 knives and no water filter
1: (laughs) and that is your dream bag
0: (laughs) i mean you see these pictures of people putting out their like bug out bag bags and they're like look at me i'm all prepared and yeah they've got like 15 knives and they're ready for that zombie apocalypse exactly or yeah they've got 20 guns and (laughs) no mres it's like okay well Great. Anyways, water is best. So one, preferably two or three different ways to filter and collect water. Next up, can you can you guess, Corinne?
1: Mm, getting hungry already. Is it food?
0: It's food. When we spoke about at-home emergency, what we ultimately recommended everyone do is have two weeks' worth of freeze-dried food at home, right? Because it's fairly space, you know, doesn't take up a ton of space.
1: Doesn't expire quickly.
0: Lasts for 30 years. And it's just boil water, add it to the bag. But again, we're in a situation when you're bugging out where you might not have a ton of extra water, right? And you might not have the ability to boil it very well. So maybe emergency food of that kind isn't the best food for bugging out. If, if that's what you want, that's fine, but you also need to factor in that you're going to need more water for that and you're going to need a way to boil it, which adds both weight and room to your bag, right? So you need a little backpacking stove or things like that. So perhaps for bugging out, you might consider different forms of food and by that i mean mres are a perfect example mm. of what you want to keep in a bug out bag because it doesn't normally require adding water it's just or like crack bars it. right yeah or <laughs> the bars it's hard to describe them as food in fact they almost go out of their way to not describe them as food when you look them up they're almost always called um what are they called uh bricks of calories or uh <laughs> caloric rations or things like this they don't use food mm. they, but they are edible so there are these things and that peanut yeah.
1: butter packets i think that's to uh, get those bars down that's yeah. what i assumed i saw on the prepareds like maybe a couple packets of peanut butter and i was like i bet you that's just to put on top of those bars to swallow it <laughs> somehow
0: yeah so basically when it comes to food you got to make a decision if you want to stick with the freeze-dried emergency food then you need to also carry A form a way to cook that food or a way to heat water to put in those pouches or if you don't want to have that added weight and fuel of the stove then you need food that doesn't require cooking and in that case mres are probably the number one example or these caloric bars what's nice about these dense ration bars is that they almost never expire they're good for thousands. thousand years yeah they're good
1: for like literally 30 or 50 years
0: yeah they will uh they are super dense they are light they don't take up a ton of room in your bag. They it's,
1: they're all you need.
0: <laughs> and yeah, and they are just really cheap on a per calorie basis as far as it goes. And they you will survive, right? You'll eat the bar mm-hmm. and you'll live another day.
1: Mentally it might not be worth it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to? Do uh, I want to um, live
1: another day to eating? To be this? honest,
0: I have not eaten these things, but the horror stories about how terrible they are. We couldn't
1: even handle power bars in the nineties. So I'm a
0: lot better at eating bars, but yeah, no. Um I mean, again, in an emergency situation, what are you willing to live with? You know, the, these calorie dense bars are probably a good idea to have, especially since you were not talking about keeping two weeks' worth in your bag, right? You probably only need a couple of days' worth, so throw three or four of these bars in there. Doesn't weigh anything, doesn't take up a lot of room, and you're good, especially if you're dealing with food. And then get for, those peanut butter packets. Yeah, if you're dealing with food for a family. You get those bars. But yeah, peanut butter packets are better than nothing, right? Peanut butter is super protein. calorie dense. It has some protein in it. It's got tons of fat, which is going to keep you surviving.
1: And it tastes good. Even it tastes if it's kind of crappy peanut butter, it tastes pretty good.
0: Don't let the great be the enemy of the good. While you're, the the bars aren't that expensive, I think you can buy like a 20 pack for like 20 bucks or whatever on the Amazon. But if you want to get Mountain House the food or the nicer food and you just don't have the money right now, start with pre-made goods, right? Start with peanut butter, Start with some stuff that's fairly long lasting. One thing that you read a lot on these websites is don't put perishable foods in your bug out bag because then you now have to rotate that food There's out and you're gonna thing. forget mm-hmm. and it's just not gonna happen. So try and get foods that have a longer shelf life, really long shelf life, if you're gonna keep, you know, expiring. How long
1: is peanut butter's shelf life? At least a couple of years, right?
0: Could be. I don't know, the little packets gotta probably. Be. There's at least so many a year, preservatives so. in those things. It's yeah. gotta be. But yeah, think calorically dense survival food that doesn't need to be refrigerated, doesn't need to be prepared in any way that you can just Stuff down your gullet and live. Yeah, power bars, things like that. If you're gonna go the backpacking stove route, make sure that you have multiple ways to light that fire. Backpacking stoves are probably the best bet for lighting a fire and heating up water if you're gonna be using the like mountain house foods. There are a ton of them now like back in the day. It was really hard to find and they were super expensive ultralight stoves But now like Rai has like 15 different ones and i'm sure that there's a ton of options on you know on amazon or whatever But they're still expensive and then you gotta have the fuel and you gotta worry about how much fuel to carry and have a container for them all So for me personally, i'm not going that route i'm going the calorically dense food because all I got to do is survive for a day or two. Yeah, I don't want to like...
1: carry it. If I have to survive a week, I'm dead. So forget it. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to survive a week <clears throat> out on the road, out of my house, I'm dead. There's that's... just no way.
0: <laughs> that's the whole point of what we're doing here. Kurt. <laughs>
1: Outside of my house, on the road. No way. More than more than three days tops.
0: Well, you know, that's that's the idea behind the bag. You know, just to get you three to... days. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I'm out there long enough to need to be cooked, I can do three days of shit food. But two weeks, not gonna happen.
0: So that brings us right into the next ones, which is fire, light, and heat. You know, all three of those are important. Different situations call for different kind of necessities, right? So when you're not at home, how do
1: you get heat? The red woman. Bring her with you.
0: Bring red lady? You. Is the, that what her name is? Melisandra. Melisandre.
1: Melisandre. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, what? Was...
0: Oh, Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. it.
1: Okay. Bring her with you.
0: Yeah, no. So for heat, it'll vary quite a bit from location to location, right? uh what you need what your concern is for how hot it is but if you live in a place where it's negative 60 right make sure your bug out bag can handle that if that's the time of year so kind of seasonally adjust it they say you know rotate your stock every couple of week, every couple of months in your bag so if it's a very seasonal place you know make sure that in the summer you have summer appropriate clothing and in the winter you might need a
1: God I, I don't live know. in california <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I have I'm gonna no say, idea I'm what to say it right know. there. I don't even know what you do to wear if it's less than 20 degrees. I have no idea. That's beyond me.
0: But honestly, a good thing to have in all of your bug out bags, no matter where you are, are those emergency Mylar blankets. They're super light. They will do a really good job of keeping heat on you. So if you fall on a lake and you need to warm up or something, you know, grab some space blankets. You can again buy them by the dozen, throw a couple of them in your bags. They're I still good have
1: my doubts on whether or not they keep you warm, but that's here that or there. Work doesn't make any uh, sense to me.
0: But yeah, they provide pretty good heat retention. We'll get into extra clothes later on. But yeah, again, heat is going to be one that varies quite a bit based on where you are. Light. Having a hand-cranked flashlight will prevent you from having to lug around extra batteries, which is nice. So again, think about the hand-cranking on these ones. Uh, a good ha- headlamp. Again, Corinne, oh, I know you great. love the headlamps, the headlamps. But Perfect. imagine you're hiking through the woods. You've got your backpack on. You don't want your hands full of... You've got a knife in one hand, your AK-47 in the other. You don't. You got Do they no have room? a necklace
1: version of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, can it be at least chest level so it's not in people's eyes? Right o- no.
0: <laughs> right on your forehead. No.
1: Somebody Google it. There's got to be a necklace version. <laughs> necklace light. That's yes. So
0: weird. It's
1: so much less weird than having one on your head. Is it? Are you talking to someone here? Let me blind you really quickly while I turn my head. Talk you to you. Can turn the light off. No, nobody does. <laughs> nobody does. Okay. People wear headlamps. Are the worst.
0: So, headlamps are an option. Maybe a First, bigger option. Some for monsters for out <laughs> there. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, And, of course, having a candle or two in your bag is a good plan.
1: Uh, Um, I read somewhere it's not good to get the liquid candles, though. No, not for
0: this, (laughs) though. Yeah, again, we did recommend the emergency candles, the liquid paraffin at home. But when you're on the road, those will spill and get all over stuff. And then your bag is way more flammable. So that's probably not a great <laughs> Not plan. when you're
1: escaping the wildfires of California. Yeah.
0: So having some just old-fashioned wax candles in there is probably not a bad idea. Um, yeah, I mean, and then those LED flashlights are small and light and cheap. But if you do use one that uses batteries, make sure you've got some backup batteries. So that adds to weight. Again, the little things start adding up. Even so, you want to be really weight-conscious about almost everything. But for right now, start with whatever flashlights you have. One thing that we did forget to talk about when we talked about light that I realized when I was editing it was we didn't talk about chemical lights, uh, basically glow
1: sticks. Oh, didn't we touch on a little bit?
0: I don't remember. If, I'm pretty sure we didn't. Um, glow sticks don't last too long. They do give off some of the emergency ones, not the ones that you buy at like the fair, but they give off a fair amount of light. What's really nice about them is, first off, they're solid state. You can carry, you can throw them in your bag pretty easily, so they're pretty light. And then if you're worried about a gas leak or that there might mm. be some sort of like flammable gas, chemical lights are the way to go because, obviously, fire will light that gas or even an electric has a spark when it starts that mm. could ignite gas. So a chemical light is a baby the way to go if you're worried about gas leaks. So,
1: are those expensive, though, if it's not like a glow that stick that you wear to a rave? If it's like a
0: no they're not that expensive okay. so it's an option out there maybe not the only thing but it's your third light option to have some glow sticks but yeah flashlight's gonna maybe work for
1: fun maybe the kid needs a glow stick yeah, there's so some, having there's to some escape the their bag. home in the middle of the night maybe they give them a glow stick, give
0: them a glow stick. Here you go it's a rave yeah,
1: enjoy we're having a fun time
0: yeah so corinne you're gonna go buy your hand cranked uh headlamp
1: just i already <laughs> have a hand crank flashlight you... lantern thank yeah. you which actually you made fun of me for several years ago
0: yeah it was a ridiculous choice <laughs> So we're getting to a point now where I think it's a pretty good stopping point, and we'll come back to the rest of what you want in your bag next week. But to reiterate, right? Get a bag that's ergonomic, that's easy to carry, that can hold all the stuff, but not too big.
1: And if you have a limited amount of money to spend on it, skip the bag, buy the stuff.
0: Yeah, you have a bag somewhere that'll work. Water is again the most important option, right?
1: Not to bring water.
0: Not to bring water itself. Although if you're maybe in a, situ- a bottle. Yeah, have some. Have some containers for water but have ways to filter it, multiple ways to filter water. Food, think about what it's going to take to cook that food, whether you want to carry all that extra cooking stuff or whether you just want calorically dense bars or MREs. It's an emergency situation. It's probably not even the best emergency situation since you've had to flee your home. Sometimes you just got to gnaw on that MRE and thank God you're alive another day. Mm-hmm. So food, heat, light, and fire are also important, right? Have some big. Oh, we didn't really go over fire. Get the Bic lighters, throw them in there.
1: We have t- gone over it plenty of times. Bic lighters, get a pack of them and put them in there.
0: Yeah, you should have multiple ways. So have some Bic lighters plus some waterproof matches or Bic lighters plus a flint magnesium strip or something.
1: But learn but, how to use it. Yeah. So they're not
0: that hard, but yeah, Bic lighters are number 1. Have 3 of them.
1: Have 3 of them at least.
0: Yeah. All right. And yeah, fire, light, heat. We talked about that just now. We're not going to go back over it. (laughs) You just listen to us. Just reverse thirty seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to that.
1: This is some lazy podcasting. You rewind and read back.
0: So that'll be today's episode. We'll get into the rest of it next week, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So thank you guys once again. Remember, like, subscribe, tell your friends about us, and we'll see you next week.
1: All right. We need like a chocolate intake. Yeah. Something needs to happen here. Thank you.